morning. Two preachers left, and I don't say that in any light fashion because I've known for a few weeks now what I'm going to speak on in both of those preachers today, and then two weeks today because next Sunday we've got Stephen Molly Ritchie. Uh, with us. They were out in the Philippines recently. We gave a thousand pounds of our mission budget to Sefton Village in the Philippines and Steve and Molly will be here next Sunday morning sharing a little bit of the work in the Philippines and Steve will bring the word of God to us. But today I do want to speak on this passage in Romans chapter 12. Let's read from verses 9 for nine or so verses. The Apostle Paul says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Amen. Close a reading at the end of verse 18. Romans chapter 12 is a magnificent passage of Scripture. To do it total justice, even the few short verses that, that we read together this morning, it would take us till, to Christmas, I reckon, to unpack some of those phrases and some of the things that is flowing from the heart of the Apostle Paul. Some wonderful scriptural principles that needs to be in your life and mine in every healthy church's life. The whole thing of love and devotion and honoring and passion and service and patience and joy and hope and hospitality and unity and humility. And I'm just scratching the surface with uh, some of the verses that we read. The passage, the chapter begins incredibly. I urge you, brothers and sisters, says Paul, in view of the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship. Don't be conformed uh, by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what God's acceptable and perfect will is. You know, I was almost tempted to stay in verses 1 and 2 in this message, but I keep getting drawn to one verse. And over the last few weeks, and even being on holiday and over the last two weeks, I can get away from Romans chapter 12, verse 11, where Paul says, church, church at Rome, but equally as applicable to Whitburn Church this morning. Whitburn Church, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I suppose in a sense, it's a cry from my heart as your pastor for 25 years into your hearts this morning that long after Lois and I exit the church here that this church will be known never to be lacking in zeal or enthusiasm spiritually but keeping spiritual fervor you serve the Lord. I can think of no greater thing to say this morning to say church 
Keep on fire for Jesus. Keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is not you, it's not me, it's him. The message, a a Bible says about this verse, don't burn out, but keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. This verse breaks down neatly into three parts. I It's done for a preacher in mind. I love the way that the Bible gives you verses like this. One sermon. You see, when I first started 25 years ago, uh, I remember my first preach, and I tried to cram so much in to one sermon, and after a few weeks, I realized, boy, at this rate, you're going to be running out of sermons by Christmas, and you're only 26, and the, the people need something fresh from you, and so I learned to pace yourself And I love verses like this that give you one ready-made message for this Sunday. Three simple points. And they are simple points. But the reality is that if we apply them into our lives, this place can be revolutionized. This community can be powerfully impacted by the the power of the living God. Somebody say, Amen. I might still believe you're assemblies of God. Come on! Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. First of all, never be lacking in zeal or enthusiasm. I want to say this morning, Jesus is still looking for zealous, enthusiastic, passionate, red-hot followers of him today. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going any further until I get a better response than that. Jesus, did you hear me this morning? Jesus is, let me read my notes. Did I say that properly, Andrew? Jesus is still looking for zealous, enthusiastic, passionate, red-hot followers of him today. One thing that could never be said of Andrew in leading and serving this church for a quarter of a century is that he was not enthusiastic and passionate for Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on. Maybe some of the sermons weren't brilliant. Oh, you've come alive now. Thank you. You got, you got the gi- Church, you've got the gift of coming alive at the wrong time. <laughs> what I want to say this morning, that every time I've stepped into this pulpit, I've counted it an honor and a privilege to open the Word of God. Even in the times when I didn't want to get up here, because 25, that, there are occasions in 25 years just with life. Come on, we all live in a real life, don't we? I think, oh my goodness, I'm preaching this morning. Don't they know that this is going on and that's going on? And I don't feel like it. It's nothing to do with how we feel. And sometimes I had to get up here and preach the word that was prepared. And even when naturally I may have been a little bit down or discouraged about some things, once I start to preach, I preach myself back into passion and excitement because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords deserves the best that we can bring. Oh... I get excited about many things. I confess there's some things in life I struggle to get enthusiastic about. Robert, forgive me right now for this next phrase. I don't get enthusiastic about gardening. I don't mind cutting the grass. I enjoy cutting the grass up and down. It gives me a chance to think things through. I go, I've prepared a few sermons going up and down, up and down. But gardening, you see, when you've got a a great wife who loves to, if you could see her expression right now. She is dying on her feet. She's in green fingers, lowest eye color, because she loves to do the weeding and the tidying of the gardening. That's why we're still married 27 years later. I cut the grass, she does the weeding. 
Don't get me started on DIY. <laughs> From the pit of hell. It's demonic, I'm telling you. The kids at school could not believe my dad was a, a joiner who can turn his hand to anything. I haven't got a clue. I really don't have a clue. I may be going in a few weeks' time, but I'll still be calling it Stevie. <laughs> some of the younger ones. I heard you had a great time at uh, Soul Survivor. I would love to have heard some of the testimonies uh, last week. Uh, Suzanne was telling us that you had a fantastic time there. Um, young ones, teenagers, computer games. I don't get it. I don't get it. I've got a tablet. I've got an iPhone. I've got an iPad. Lois likes some games. She can switch off and relax playing games on a tablet. What? I just don't get enthusiastic about it in the slightest. Stevie, Formula One racing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't get it. Meow. That's it. That's Formula One racing. Over and over again. Man alive, I get... <sighs> Ladies, forgive me for this one. Musicals. Have I just have I just gone have I gone to the edge? Have I gone to the edge? Have I gone to the edge? No, George is still cheating me on, it's okay. Over the years, let you know a little secret. If I think, have I gone too far? I'll look at this man, and if he's still smiling, I know I'm okay. I confess to you this morning that we once went to see in the playhouse in Edinburgh the Phantom of the Opera. Great Andrew. This Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. I haven't got a clue who wrote it. <laughs> Boyo here fell asleep at the start of the second. She still reminds me about it to this day. Expensive tickets. I wish I'd read the story beforehand because it's a great story of Christian principles of love and redemption and forgiveness. And I've seen the movie a couple of years ago and I love it now. That was the old Andrew. Hey, the new Andrew cultured. Uh, I'm getting there, getting there. Whereas there are some things in life I easily get excited about. Isn't that right, Chuck and Bobby? All things green and white. I feel the atmosphere dipping. <laughs> By the way, I still believe in miracles. Hearts at the top of the SPL. <laughs> Robert, enjoy it. It'll be gone by the end of the month. I get excited about football. Chasing a little white ball all over a field. That's not the football now. That's the small, harder white ball to get it into a, a little hole called a cup. Golf. <laughs> we were on holiday the last two weeks. <laughs> Tuesday and Wednesday, it rained all day. I got totally miserable. I said, Lewis, I'm going on the internet. I can't cope with this rain. We were planning to go away in October. I said, let's just bring it forward. Let's try. If I get a deal, even just a few days, let's go. Sourced a deal to Tenerife, brought the golf clubs with me. I'm in this taxi, in the dark, early in the morning. Lois is fast asleep in the hotel. It's still dark, warm, but dark. And this taxi driver, who's going, driving like a maniac. I mean, literally, maniac. I'm thinking, will I get to the golf course in one piece? Didn't speak English. And so we crossed the, the universal language barrier. I said, excuse me, sir, you speak English? No, no, little, little, no, no, no. Um, I said, football. He said, Barcelona. <laughs> I says, football, Glasgow Celtic. And he became animated. I was his best friend by the time the five-minute car journey to the golf course. You see, I get 
excited little boy inside comes out at football and golf and seriously for a minute it's kept me sane at times over the years switching off I, I switch off in those points but at the end of the day it's just a silly game but spiritually speaking come on church spiritually speaking let's get down to the, the real stuff now I am an enthusiastic passionate person who wants God to show up every time the people of God come together Nothing gives me greater excitement. I come alive inside seeing the presence of God touching lives, giving hope where there is no hope, seeing broken, fractured, fragile, wounded people becoming whole by the power that is in Jesus' name, of God breathing faith and hope and life and peace into difficult situations. I get enthusiastic. Francoise Guizot, Christian author, writer, once said, be not afraid of enthusiasm. You need it, and you can do nothing effectively without it. Church, in the days, months, and years to come, I want to say, in the words of the Apostle Paul, maintain your spiritual enthusiasm. Always be passionate and expectant for God to Move. It was Brother Andrew, the, the, the great Christian, who over the years smuggled oh, thousands upon thousands of Bibles into what was the old communist world. He once said this, one person with a passionate belief is worth 99 with a passing interest. One person. Have you noticed in Scripture how God takes hold of one man or one woman with a passionate belief? And empowered by the Spirit of God, incredible things can happen. I don't care how big the church can ever get. If the church is mainly full of people just with a passing interest in the gospel, it will never make the impact that God wants. But when people get passionate, enthusiastic, and they become red-hot followers of Jesus, come on, church! Things can really happen. This is a great quote. Love Jesus passionately, worship Him extravagantly, and serve Him magnificently. Do you know who said that? Do you know who quoted that? Come on, take a guess this morning. Billy Graham. No, it wasn't Billy Graham. Come on. Come on, someone else. Come on. Yeah, it was me. Come on. Because this is what I want to say into the life of this church this morning. If you forget, hey, if you forget, most of you can't remember what I preached on two weeks ago, let alone two months ago, let alone two years ago. If you forget everything I've said over the years, let this be printed indelibly into your heart and spirit. Church, love Jesus passionately. Not any old way, passionately. Worship him extravagantly. And serve him magnificently. Never just go through the motions. The day that we ever become a church with just a passing interest in the gospel is the day you can lock the door and throw the keys away. I still believe 
I honestly believe that this place is still Whitburn's best-kept secret. That is not a judgmental statement of other churches. But I'm talking about the thousands of people, even in this small town, that right now, some of them waking up with a hangover after a night of partying last night or whatever, has no idea that at the end of Croft Malik Road there is this building that houses Whitburn Pentecostal Church and then the second building of, of Answer House. I want to say this morning, church, maintain that spiritual enthusiasm. Second thing is keep your spiritual fervor. That's what Paul says. So how do we do that? Because life is busy today, isn't it? Last time I looked, and that wasn't long ago, let me tell you, it seems to get more and more frenetic. People get more and more stressed. Life seems so complicated these days. Think with me this morning. Let's go back to the day and the hour and the moment that you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ. For some, that's going back decades and decades and decades. For others, maybe just a few years. For some, maybe just a few months. But think back to that moment when the wonder of forgiveness and being adopted into the family of God gripped your heart and spirit. And the wonder of it, the awe of it, the incredible liberation of knowing that you'd been set free. All your sins had been dealt. That's why I love singing that great hymn this morning. One of my, probably is my favorite hymn. It is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Think back to that day when the Bible became alive. When there was a hunger to, to get to church, it was the all-consuming thing to be with the people of God. Nothing else mattered. Some are here today. I'm not prophesying now. I've been a pastor long enough to know this and know this to be true in this church and many churches. Some are here today because it's routine. It's what you do on a Sunday morning. You roll out of bed and you, you get in the car, you drive into the car park and you come into church, but the joy and the passion, the excitement and the wonder of salvation has long dissipated and gone, and we need to fall in love with Jesus all over and over again. Some are saying, that's me, how can I change? Three things to quickly help you this morning. Number one, take time to read and meditate on his word every single day. Survey was done of 3,000 church goers recently in one prominent Christian magazine. 3,000, not just church attenders, but this is people who say, hey, I'm saved, born again, planted into a local church, and listen to what the survey said. Only 19%. That is just under one in every five of the 3,000. I've done my sums correctly right now. That's just under 600 people who only read their Bibles personally every day. Only 600 of the 3,000. I wonder, 100 people here this morning or so, if that stat is true, then 19 people in this place are reading the Bi their Bibles personally every day. Ooh. I'll tell you something. It is necessary because you will never survive on whoever is preaching on a Sunday morning and a quick look at the UCB word for today, whatever little devotional you use, you and I 
need to get into the Word of God for ourselves. We need to read it. We need to digest it. We need to meditate upon it. We need to allow the Word to get into us. Take time to read and meditate on the Word, folks. Second thing is an active, not a passive prayer life. My biggest disappointment in 25 years. Biggest disappointment. I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. Biggest disappointment. The few who turn out to pray when we call corporate prayer. I feel I failed in that area to lead the church to that place whereby the people of God have got that burden and vision. The third thing is constant fellowship. Hebrews 10:25. Let us not give up meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. That's why we come together. We encourage one another. Some of you are thinking, why do you always allow that little connection time in the middle of the service to let people... Man alive, as much can happen in that point as can happen right now behind the platform preaching the Word because as the body ministers to the body. For some people, sometimes a hug, a smile in a week whereby there's been no hugs and no smiles can be something from heaven itself. In that time of connection, in that time of encouraging one another, in that time of building one another up, in that time of, let me just pray with you right now, in the name of Jesus, just pray for your situation right now, your family, your children. Oh, constant fellowship. I've noticed something, and this is not just for Whitburn, this is as I travel around Great Britain. Tendency today to skip church. Only coming one in two weeks, one in three, maybe one a month. When I first got saved, the church had meetings every night of the week. Now, I know life is different now. And I know, listen, I'm a dad. I remember I was smiling with Rob today and Dion as as they (laughs) came to church with a beautiful little baby and uh, lack of sleep and all of that and going through the stages but hey church is at the heart of it all we don't bail out in church because the kids are young we don't bail out in church because life gets crazy busy today we don't bail out in church because families have pressing demands on their time I know that parents are glorified taxi drivers man I, I was that taxi for many years swimming clubs, dancing, music treasure kids I mean, they've got a social life. We haven't. (laughs) I know that balance is required. But I know that for church to really go forward, not just have healthy numbers on a Sunday morning, but really go forward, the church family needs to come together. We need to come together and laugh together. It's not all spiritual, folks. Come on. Families laugh together. Families cry together. Church families rejoice together. Church families intercede together. Church families bear one another's burdens. I could go on and on and on, but time is, is flying this morning. What I'm trying to say, as we maintain our spiritual enthusiasm to keep our spiritual fervor, let's not squeeze Jesus out in the midst of the busyness of life. That's all I'm trying to say this morning. Let's not squeeze them out. So what is the third thing? Well, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Joshua 24:15. as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a declaration. It is a non-negotiable. This 
family, this house, we're going to serve him. Planted and placed by the living God. Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, says, serve wholeheartedly because it's not just serving, but it's how we serve. I wrote this. The future of this church rests on this. Those who are spiritually alive, passionate for God, and ready to serve willingly and wholeheartedly. Read it again. The future of this church in moving forward into all that God's got for it rests on this. Those who are spiritually alive, passionate for God, and ready to serve willingly and wholeheartedly. See, not just ticking a box, attending a service here and there, offering to go on a rota, but those that are willing to go the extra mile. Those that are prepared to get their hands a little bit dirty. Schedules inconvenienced for the sake of the gospel. I see we come back to this all the time. We do what we do, not so church can become famous, but so that Jesus can become famous in the midst of the church. Come on! Jesus himself in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 said, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Second mile Christianity is what builds great churches. People who have a cause, a goal, an aim, and a clear objective in mind, prepare to do whatever it takes to see it fulfilled, fueled by an incredible, all-consuming love for Jesus. Church, long after we've gone, are you prepared give everything you have got to him so that his purposes in heaven can be worked out on earth in this part of Scotland. If you're saying yes this morning, you're saying yes to going that second mile. You're saying yes to, to giving more of yourself to God and the expression of it in the house of God here. It's all about serving the one who gave his life for us in the context of this local house. Is that you and me this morning? Time's gone. Lots more I could say. I'll keep it for two weeks' time. i do one last thing. Bow your heads with me this morning. Maybe if the musicians could just come back quickly and quietly. Start to play something quietly in the background. Everyone close their eyes for a moment. Let's allow the impact of God's word to touch our hearts and lives afresh today. One simple verse. In the book of Romans, I felt was the cry of my heart to your heart in church here this morning. The Apostle Paul, in chapter 12 of the book of Romans, in verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Father, that's my cry this morning. Apostle Paul penned it in a way that I could never pen it or say it. But that's the cry of my heart, Lord, as we come to the end of our journey here in Whitburn almost, that this church, Lord, would go from strength to strength to strength. May there be such a spiritual enthusiasm and desire for you to move 
May there be such an attitude to serve the living God in the context of this local house. Father, I pray that the days ahead are the best yet to be written in the life of this fellowship. And Father, as we come almost, not quite to the end, almost this morning, there's one thing that Lois and I want to do today, and that is, if God has touched your heart this morning about becoming such a person who will maintain that enthusiasm for God and serve God in the context of this church at this time going into the future, can you stand right now in the presence of God? Just quickly and quietly. Just stand right now. And as you stand, can you just come and walk down to the front and stand in a row on the front? We're not going to pray over every one long prayers, but Lois and I just want to lay hands upon every single one who's saying God into next season Father we want to try and just stand with you and commit you into the hands of God and pray that your best days also are, are still to come that this church should be known for being red, hot, spiritual passionate followers of Jesus Christ band can just play something you just worship quietly we just lay hands on people and just bless them in the name of Jesus